Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hello, you're listening to the September episode of the Pediatric Research Podcast. I'm Charlotte Stoddart, and in this show, we're looking at how mild hypothermia is used to treat babies with birth asphyxia. We'll be hearing from three researchers who want to develop better prognostic tests to guide this treatment. When a baby suffers a lack of oxygen during or just after birth, it's at risk from long-term brain damage. We're talking about an acute injury at the time of birth where oxygen is limited to the brain for any one of a variety of reasons. That's Larry Litt from the University of California, San Francisco. There could be an umbilical cord that chokes off the newborn baby, or there could be some kind of low blood pressure due to some other medical problem. But what happens is the combination of blood flow and oxygen to the brain is highly compromised, and the brain cells uh, don't survive that very well. Mild hypothermia is a well-established treatment for these babies. The standard protocol is to cool the baby's head by about 4 degrees for 72 hours after birth. Larry's colleague Donna Ferrero explained the theory behind the treatment. From preclinical studies, it looks like there's a benefit, there's less cell death in the brain after um, an insult. The idea being that hypothermia slows metabolism and thus reduces the demand for energy on the cells in the brain that are being challenged because they don't have adequate substrate being delivered to them via the bloodstream. I asked Larry and Donna how successful the treatment is. Larry first. Long-term neurological outcomes can be dramatically increased by this um, mild hypothermia period. On the other hand, not all babies are improved by it, and some might even have the difficulties uh, increased. So the choice of which babies to use this therapy is uh, also another complex matter. Probably half the babies don't benefit, and those may be babies that have severe 
challenges at birth or possibly conditions that wouldn't respond to the therapy because their underlying disorders like disorders of brain development or, or metabolic disorders. The problem we have is figuring out who's going to be moderate, who's going to be severe. We have probably a good chance of picking out who's going to be normal and who's going to be very severe or die, but it's that large middle group that we're still struggling with. Donna and Larry teamed up to look for metabolites that might indicate how a baby is responding to hypothermia treatment. The long-term goal is to tailor treatment to individual babies. Right, right now, all babies basically get the same protocol, and it would be nice to f- figure out some way where a particular patient could be monitored very closely, and on the basis of what's happening, decide to increase the temperature, decrease the temperature, do it longer, stop it sooner. Um, so the individualization of treatment requires different kinds of measures, and these really have not been uh, have not evolved yet for the clinical scene. Donna explained the setup of the experiment. We studied animals, okay? So uh, this was a study in rodents, and what we did was we exposed the animals to um, hypoxia, ischemia, and then hypothermia, and measured their brain parameters using uh, advanced spectroscopic imaging. Spectroscopic imaging is Larry's specialism. He's enthusiastic about the technique and about the results of this study. The results were surprisingly promising. We've used a very advanced um, nuclear magnetic resonance, known as MRS, I think, in the clinical uh, world, magnetic resonance spectroscopy. But we used a magnet that's higher than most magnets. Um, It's a 20 tesla, whereas clinical imaging and clinical spectroscopy is down at 4 tesla. And we used novel NMR methods to get highly accurate spectra. So the combination of using the spectroscopy facility that is a very high level and using the mouse model from Dr. Ferriero, which was also at a very high level, allowed us to get extremely good data that showed we could separate data sets of 36 metabolites. We could separate data sets for control, data sets for injury, data sets for recovery, and data sets for outcome. Outcome being at uh, 24 hours after the insult to the mice. Larry and Donna's work is at an early stage. The kind of spectroscopic imaging used in their study can't currently be applied to patients. But the technology is advancing rapidly, says Larry, so we can imagine clinical applications in the future. Meanwhile, Petra Lemmers from the Wilhelmina Children's Hospital in Utrecht in the Netherlands is investigating current clinical tools. She wants to improve our predictions of long-term outcome for babies treated with mild hypothermia. It's important to uh, predict how an infant will do later on for, and when ca- for counselling the parents during the very uncertain first days after birth and also for decision-making 
if the treatment is the best treatment for the baby at that moment. Petra and colleagues looked at two methods currently used to predict clinical outcomes. AEG, Amplitude Integrated Electroencephalogram Patterns, a technique for measuring activity at the surface of the brain, and cerebral oxygen saturation. We know from other recent studies that the AEG loses predictive value when using hypothermia. And that's because the hypothermia influences the brain function. So what we try to, to do in this study to investigate, when you, make, you combine the, the near-infrared spectroscopy monitored cerebral oxygenation values with the AEG, can we then improve prognostic value? The combination of these two techniques, which can be applied at the bedside, looks promising. When we combine both, uh, uh, both methods, that it's helpful to predict uh, the outcome in an early stage and then especially after 12 to, to 42 hours of, of life, we found that especially the negative predictive value was very high. So if an infant had a good uh, outcome, we can uh, predict that in an early stage. I also asked Petra for her thoughts on the study by Larry and Donna. I read the paper and it's a very interesting uh, uh, paper, but I think it's a first step, uh, an important step for the future. And I think when it's applicable in humans, it could be helpful to identify those infants uh, with, uh, with brain damage and other important thing is that you can, uh, I think, you can judge the effects of uh, neuroprotective strategies. So probably it can be helpful in the future for more individualized uh, care. But on the other end, at this moment, it's now it's not applicable at the bedside. And I think especially the our monitoring uh, device AEG and NEARS are applicable at the bedside and that's an advantage at this moment but I think that it's it's a very it's a very promising paper. In the future Donna imagines using Petra's bedside tools in combination with spectroscopic imaging. So what you could conceive of, for example, is use these bedside monitors, pick out the babies who aren't normal and then send them down to the scanner, get the brain MRI, and look for the patterns that might suggest that the baby needs additional therapy. So their tools would be a great screening tool, and our tool, if we could get it to the clinic, could then help further distinguish who's still at risk. As well as enabling individualised care, Larry hopes to help the development of drugs that could be used alongside the hypothermia treatment. For example, if one finds that one enzyme or protein or metabolite makes an enormous difference, one could, in the mice, change genes to either enhance that metabolite or reduce it. And if one saw how the genes did that, one then goes on to try and design drugs or medications for for aiding the recovery. Right now, we're talking clinically, there's just the mild hypothermia, really. There's, There's no other adjuvant to help speed up 
the recovery from the uh, asphyxia. There's, there are compounds that mimic blood. There are compounds that carry oxygen. There are all kinds of things that one might imagine using, but there's no basis at this point for trying any of them in a living infant. So one wants to work out the problem first in mice and then very carefully transfer the methods to in vivo situations. Petra is optimistic about the future for babies with birth asphyxia. What I hope is that the prenatal care will be that good that the perinatal asphyxia will not be uh, there anymore, but that's wishful thinking, I think. And hopefully we can identify those infants who the risk of having brain damage and with biomarkers we can uh, identify those infants who can be treated with neuroprotective strategies uh, like hypothermia or like uh, medication and uh, that we can also predict outcome in an early stage with the parents and so choose the best treatment for each baby. Petra Lemmers and before her Larry Litt and Donna Ferrero. Both studies are published in Pediatric Research and available online at nature.com forward slash PR. Thank you to this month's contributors and thank you for listening. I'm Charlotte Stoddart. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com